Well, we're at the end of this year, and as we wrap up another year, uh, we'll have our observations on what's going on in our country. We present a hodgepodge of topics. You ready for this word, Kurt? A veritable potpourri of opinions. Potpourri. You got a little potpourri going here? Yes. From two people who care very deeply about the direction of our country. All just ahead on the year-end episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. We have a lot of topics to get to, but of course we want to thank our sponsors before we get too deeply into this. Uh, Bob Watson, who's been with us for a very long time, a a large part of this year, uh, Blue Springs local State Farm agent for five decades. As we come toward the end of the year and you start thinking about your insurance options, maybe you're reviewing your homeowner's policy, your car policies, your life insurance policy, maybe the business policy, uh, give Bob Watson a shot on this. 816-229-7878. Not only does State Farm have surprising great rates. He's got a tremendous staff who works for him, real people right here in our area. He's licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. And um, if you listen to this podcast because you kind of agree with what we're saying here, most of the time anyway, uh, Bob Watson's a guy who is definitely going to be on your side, in your corner. You're going to agree with him politically, which is important for some folks, uh, but also he's just a great guy who's been uh, insuring folks for five decades, and we really appreciate having him on our podcast podcast here. Uh, Jim Dingman, I've got a question for him too. It's a little deeper into the podcast, a question for, for a good Marine like him and, and Mark Zarda, but we'll, we'll hang on to that for a little bit. Uh, but Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Um, he's been a big part of our podcast as well. When we get back to doing live events, love being at Funhouse Pizza in Lee's Summit on 50 Highway there or 7 Highway in Blue Springs. We'll have another live event. We'll do something really fun. Uh, that's coming up. We have a lot of cool things coming up in 2023 and Funhouse Pizza is going to be a big part of that. So thank you, Jim Dingman, for believing in Dale Carter's America. Uh, President Biden has signed the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. And I'm not surprised. I mean, he is what he is, right? Yeah, of course he's going to sign it. Yeah, (laughs) There's no surprise there. And here's what surprises me in a disturbing way. I don't know where you're at on this, Kurt. Um, We have a $31 trillion debt. We've talked about that a lot during the course of the podcast. And I've come to the conclusion America clearly does not care. Nope. Nope. The the American people don't care. The government doesn't care. Um, And in fact, we even have people that are trying to argue that it's like somehow a good thing, including on our Facebook page. (laughs) How is it a good thing? I have, I have no idea. I mean, you, the, in order to try and explain how, uh, I mean, if you're looking at the screen here, I pulled up the U.S. Debt Clock, which I think everyone pretty much knows about, but the website is usdebtclock.org, D-E-B-T, and uh, it kind of breaks it out like debt per citizen, 94000 That's per citizen, so that includes like one-month-old babies. Debt per taxpayer, $248,582. So it's like, how is that a good idea? Um, just on its face. I mean, just on its face, you know, having $248,000 in debt, you're not going to have a good financial well, life. Let me explain, not being a math major, but let me try and explain how it's a really bad thing right now as it continues to balloon out of control because inflation is where inflation is. And the U.S. government, as part of the federal budget, has to at least pay the debt 
or not the debt, but the uh, the, the, the interest, interest yeah. the interest on the debt. You got to pay that, right? Mm-hmm. And as inflation continues to ramp up, those interest payments are going to double. Yeah. And that's a big chunk of change coming out of the the, the you know uh, out of the uh, the budget every year. Yeah, and it's also just like simple. Not only not just economics, like it's 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 simpler than economics. It's just common sense. It's just like living a financially sound life, like living under your means. You know, spending under your means is one of the things that you learn like right away when you're a kid and your parents are telling you about how to save money and everything like that. And again, just on the U.S. debt clock site, right under this main section here, you have U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio. That means the percentage of debt, the debt compared to the GDP or the money that the, the economy is creating. 1960, 52.05%. 1980, it actually went down to 34.73%. 2000, up to 55.07%. And now it's 121.84%. Yeah, that's not good. Um, now, Democrats are Democrats, and they, they want they believe that the federal government should be the cradle to grave, the be-all, end-all. It should all emanate from Washington. Republicans aren't supposed to believe that. Yet too many Republicans, Kurt, I don't, I don't get this at all. You're about to get the House of Representatives. You'll have the purse strings for Washington spending. Why would any Republican go along with this? They must be suicidal, uh, politically speaking, because they should all be voted out of office. And I purposely pulled up the list. So in the House, we had nine Republicans who voted for the bill. John Katko, Chris Jacobs, Brian Fitzpatrick, who I'm familiar with from Pennsylvania, Liz Cheney, of course, Fred Upton, Rodney Davis, Jamie Herrera Butler, and... Adam Kinzinger, of again, course. no surprise, and Steve Womack, again, no surprise. Which senators voted for this thing? Senators? There was actually more. So there was only nine GOP House members that voted for it. In the Senate, we had, I think, 13. Roy Blunt. Of course. And I posted on uh, our Facebook page, you know, Roy Blunt can't can't uh, get out of here soon enough. And uh, that is could not be more true. John Boozman, Arkansas, Shelley Capito, West Virginia, Susan Collins, Maine, John Cornyn, Texas, Tom Cotton of Arkansas. This what? one this one really surprised me. Really surprised me. Tom Cotton is usually um very conservative. Yeah, I mean he's I wouldn't say he's like one of the best senators, but he's in the more tends to be trustworthy on his vote yeah. uh list. But not this time. This is a big, a big uh down vote on uh, his trust for me. Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, Jim Inhofe, Oklahoma, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, Jerry Moran, Kansas, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Rob Portman, Ohio, Mitt Romney, Utah, Mike Round, South Dakota, Richard Shelby, Alabama, John Toon, South Dakota, Roger Wicker, Mississippi, Todd Young, Indiana. Unconscionable. Both South Dakota senators. Yeah, that's just terrible. (laughs) Imagine being from South Dakota. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about this in the next year, about spending and the role of the federal government in our lives. Um, And and maybe we've gotten to a point, you know, I I almost throw up my hands here, Kurt. It's almost like when, you know, Jackson County voted again for Frank White, even though the star who would crawl over cut glass to endorse a Democrat actually endorsed his Republican opponent, yet he won in a walk. It wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like nobody cares anymore. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't care. I mean, we live in a democracy, right? A Republican democracy, a republic where we vote for people who express our will, allegedly. 
Um, and if that's the direction of the country, maybe I'm like tilting at windmills here. Yeah, and, and a big part of the problem that I've harped on over and over again is we need better Republicans because if we have 13 senators or however many it is voting for this omnibus bill, if we have Republicans you know, posing with Zelensky and cheering, you know, to, uh, you know, loud applause for sending a hundred billion dollars to a foreign war that we have no business in overseas and things like that, then we're going to have trouble electing good Republicans because nobody trusts them. And for good reason, we shouldn't trust these people. If they're going to show us that they're just going to be Democrats doing the speed limit, as you like to say, then they're not going to win any elections. I mean, they're they're not presenting a real alternative to the narrative that's prevailing now. Right. Well, I told you when we started this thing, if if we won either house and we've won the House of Representatives, to me, it's not good enough to change the jerseys on the team. You know, act like it. Act like you're a conservative. Mm-hmm. Act like this money matters. It doesn't matter. One point seven trillion dollars, and a lot of it's on really stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well. uh, Rand Paul, who we played a clip of last week, he's one of the big budget hawks in the in the Senate. He's kind of more libertarian, but I like him a lot, certainly on this issue. issue. And he comes out every year with a uh, like a what would you call it, like a misspending or um, he had a whole list of stuff that they're spending it on. Yeah, there's a name that he has for it, but it's like waste basically. Yeah. He comes out every. Uh, holiday season with a list of wasteful spending in the federal government, and this year it was like five hundred and eighty billion dollars in the in the fiscal year. So uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff, and that's aside from just the amount. You know, there's there's stuff that's being wasted, and they're spending ridiculous amounts. You can look through; they're spending you know ten thousand dollars on buying new pencils or some shit like that. You know, it's it's. Yeah, I heard his list. One yeah. of the things he mentioned was you know a study on whether dogs were good companions for people he's like ask any dog owner i don't think you need to do a study on this kind of a thing right right and there was one where they were they were like injecting dogs with cocaine to see what the reaction would be (laughs) nice that's like that uh bear cocaine bear movie where are the PETA people on something like that just a ridiculous amount of spending and you know federal spending anyway is just ridiculous on its surface but until some people start to care about this again we're tilting at windmills here yeah i'm i'm looking up the uh you can keep talking about something else i'm looking up the uh the report from Rand paul now so yeah I could go on to the next topic here. It's kind of our potpourri day, but just know that we're spending money on a bunch of stupid shit is basically what it comes down to. Um, and they just keep printing money. I yep. mean, just keep putting toner in the in the printer down there because we're printing worthless money to pay for things that are just ridiculous and just kicking the can down the sidewalk there a little bit further. Yep, 100%. And uh Nobody is being held accountable for it, and you know, I mean, as long as they're not, yeah, why would Mitch McConnell's probably going to get reelected? So, yeah, if not him, who? See, here we go. Some of the this is from the 2022. He calls it the Festivus Report on Government Waste. Some of the highlights include the National Institutes of Health spending 2.3 million dollars injecting beagle puppies with cocaine. There you go. That's <laughs> I brought that up. Yeah. And separately spending 187,500 dollars to verify that kids love their pets. The Department of Health and Human Services spent 689,222 dollars to study romance between parrots. The National Institutes of Health funded a 3 million dollar annual research project to watch hamsters on steroids fight. 
and the U.S. Census Bureau spent $2.5 million on Super Bowl ads. Awesome. So there you go. That is your government, and if you don't care, they're going to keep doing it. If you don't rise up and at least say something, of course, you know, if you use words like rise up, then you're, you're you know, inciting an insurrection against the country, right. right? And if you say that there's anything wrong with spending $1.7 trillion, you just don't understand. You just yeah. don't understand. Just that, don't get That's it. actually good for us. You're, yeah. You know, you're, the, you're among the stupid people out there, the stupid people who raise questions like, we just went through a major winter storm in this country. I thought we were warming. Yeah, well, we're, we're, cli- we're climate question. changing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and here's another question about that. Obviously, we've had a huge death toll. Um, Buffalo is a city under siege because uh, look out, you know, you've got a city that you can't get around in. So here come the looters. They're going to start crashing and burning and stealing stuff. Um, to me, this is more proof that, that warming is not settled science, and we really need to think our rethink our national energy policy. I mean, think about this. What's more dangerous to your health, really, really cold weather or really, really hot weather? I don't really like either. Well, I know you don't like either, but do we, I mean, do we have like stories in the summer when it gets really hot of uh, 50 people died this weekend because it got really, really hot? Yeah, I'm not aware of any. I mean, there's, there's certainly individual cases of Of uh, of heat stroke and uh, dumb shit that people do, like leaving their kids in hot cars or But winter storms take out a lot of people. Yeah. They can, yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll rethink our, our national energy policy. Nah, I, I doubt it. You don't think so? I don't think that's going to happen. Well, this storm <laughs> has just wreaked havoc on the uh, air travel industry, in particular Southwest Airlines. Because Southwest Airlines doesn't have hubs like you know Delta and United, um, because it's more of a, a spoke deal city to city, I mean, this storm really took them off their game. Um, probably in the worst way since Southwest Airlines has been around, and it affected Kurt. It sure did. It sure did. So um, for Christmas, I was supposed to go home to Philadelphia, and we had a flight from KCI to St. Louis and then a connecting flight from St. Louis to Philadelphia. Got to the airport like two and a half hours early, which I never do. (laughs) Normally I get there like an hour early, and I have 30 minutes left to spare. But – We tried to do the self-checkout like kiosk thing, right? and then it told us we had to get in the line. Well, the line, if you've been to KCI, you know it's kind of like a horseshoe shape. It like went out and then wrapped like all the way around. So we were standing in that line for over two hours before we got to the the front desk for Southwest uh, just to find out that our flight from St. Louis to Philadelphia had been canceled. And Mm. so we tried to see if we could get another flight, and everything was just totally booked up until like today basically but now it's probably even worse because they're still canceling flights even today there's thousands more canceled flights um and so then we were like well let's try another airline you know maybe and so we walked down to uh the delta counter and same thing and then we got back in the car and went home and uh so it's been what three days now three four days and um i've been calling the customer service line every day, like three, four, five times a day at least. And uh, it's busy. I get the boop, boop, <laughs> just <laughs> like they don't even pick up. Uh, send an email, send a Facebook message, haven't heard anything. So, well, I'm uh, glad Pete Buttigieg is on the job. 
Yes. He's, oh yeah, he's I got to get in there. Right yeah, here. he's going to get in there and he's going to get that working. By the way, you know, if you're stuck at KCI, he looks happy. Really, you should know that we're about to have a really brand spanking new airport. There'll be a whole lot of amenities and places to eat, things to do, yada yada yada. I mean, you're in the dump of what's about to be, you know, torn down. So and and it never really had a lot of great amenities anyway, and now I'm guessing it's even less. Mm. Yeah, nearly all of the canceled flights are from Southwest, as you can see. Yeah, so that's what's going on. You know whose flight didn't get canceled? Um, Joe Biden's. He's in St. Croix. <laughs> I, mean, ah. how, I mean, you know, there are optics. I, I, Go figure. I, yeah. You know, and people are going to say, well, you know, Trump did this and Trump did that. And, and I've always said that I don't care who the president is. You take the presidency with you wherever you go. It's a 24-7, 365 job. He is working no matter where he is. Well, as as much as he can work, given uh, yeah. his infirmities and all that. Right. Um, but it's just bad optics when, you know, a major winter storm has crippled this country's transportation. Buffalo, New York is digging out of, a, of just a, a, a century historic storm here. There's looting going on in the streets. And where's the president? He's having an ice cream cone on the beach in St. Croix. <laughs> At your expense, by the way. Yeah. Chocolate chip. It's his yeah. favorite flavor. Just don't the optics look bad on that? Is it me? I oh mean, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, you know, the the president's going to take vacations. It is the holiday season, um, but I mean, it just proves that there's different rules for certain oh, people. You know, the the media with with Trump, anytime he played a round of golf, right. I mean, they were there, right? Um, and with this guy, you know, he's still. I don't whatever. even think Biden can play golf, so <laughs> that's probably he rides a issue. bike and yeah. he can eat any a mean. He ice rides cream a bike though. and falls. And then he can he eats ice cream. And let's don't discount you know his his work as a lifeguard back in the day at the pool there yes. in Delaware. I mean there yes. was some some good stuff going on there. You know before we get too far away from the whole global warming climate change issue again and rethinking our national energy policy. I mean you know I'm not completely stupid on on this stuff. And, and I realize there are things that we can do uh, to maybe sustain ourselves a little bit better. And, and that takes me to royal roofing and solar. I mean you know what if you could turn your house into an electricity generating device. Sun's out, all of a sudden, that meter on the back of your house that's going most of the time, right? Maybe it slows down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe it even stops. Wouldn't that be cool, especially with inflation taking a bite out of your family's budget? Um, Austin Watterson and his staff at Royal Roofing and Solar, first of all, they'll do a great job on your roof. They did my roof at uh, Casa del Carter. And, you know, if your house is aimed the right way, that, that solar could make a big difference, Austin and his team can show you how it's done. Now, I know there's fly-by-night roofers. There's fly-by-night solar folks out there. This guy lives in our community. Um, his family is from here. He's just an awesome guy and he will shoot you straight on this 816-540-7057 at least get the facts on it and find out what solar could do for your electric bill at your house i mean you know anytime you can save money create something that that's going to take your budget in a positive direction why wouldn't you at least look at that right yeah and take control over your utilities i mean it's what i have talked about every time this has come up, you know, it's about having ownership of your own, uh, energy, you know, and because yeah. you never know that the power grid can struggle, uh, gas prices or natural gas prices fluctuate wildly. And you don't want to leave the price of your energy and the price of keeping your house warm and, uh, you know, 
food on the table and stuff like that to somebody else as much as possible. I mean, it's the same reason if you have property, you should be, you know, trying to cultivate a garden, you should be hunting, you should be doing all these things because the future is very uncertain. And uh, you want to try and take care of everything uh, to support you and your family, you know, yourself as much as possible. Absolutely. So uh, call Austin and his team at Royal Roofing and Solar. Again, the phone number is 816-540-7057 and uh, start that conversation. You know, I got to tell you, as cold as it got in Kansas City, I was very thankful that they mine coal. I was very thankful that natural gas was flowing to my house and just can't imagine, uh, you know, a time when you think the entire grid is going to be supported by wind and solar. I yeah. mean, it's, your house is one thing. Your, if you power your house, at least part of it with solar, that is a good thing for you and your budget. To say that we're going to turn the entire grid over to wind and solar, I mean, that's just foolish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's totally a different thing. It's, it's supporting yourself versus trying to force, you know, a particular type of energy on everybody, which mm. is just not supported by the power grid. It's not supported by the data, and uh, it's not supported by common sense. <laughs> well, woke equals broke, and somebody asked me on Facebook why I went with a Mazda CX-5 for my my current vehicle, and I told them I'm, I'm, I wanted a small SUV. I did all the research on that, and it just seems to me that all the spots that I'm seeing from the big three in Detroit, it's all focused on EVs, which the grid is not going to support. It's complete fantasy. And that's why I went with the uh, the Mazda this time around. Uh, and gas prices in the Kansas City metro, and now nationally I saw today, are starting to inch back up again. I'm hearing things like we could be at $4 a gallon again by the spring. Um, and just remember, this is the public service from all of us at Dale Carter's America. This is not Joe Biden's fault. Right. When it's, they go up, it's not his fault. Right. But when it goes down, it's, Ooh, it is. That's like Joe got in there and he like tapped into the strategic reserve for us, <laughs> which is like a thimble full in the ocean. And that brought prices down. Uh, and they're saying that the reason gas prices are going up again, guess why? Russia. Russia. Hey. Russia, Russia, how Russia. Know? How did I know? It's that war over in Russia. Yeah. So which, if we if we send a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, is that going to make our gas prices go down? What kind of fucking? Yeah, I know. It's yeah. It really grinds. It makes my you want to drop an f bomb. Yeah. Um, but the good news is I we kept ha- it under my breath that time. we have a <laughs> band aid on our illegal immigration system at the southern border now. It's called Title Forty Two, and the Supreme Court weighed in on it. The Biden administration does not agree, but they say, "Hey, Supreme Court ruled on this, so we will execute the order because it was upheld by the Supreme Court." Title Forty Two, the band aid uh, that we used for COVID and the Trump administration, the the so they could at least try and slow down this avalanche that's coming our way from the southern border. Um, It's going to be upheld. Oral arguments are going to be held in the court uh, in February. We'll see where it goes from there. We just need the grown-ups in this country to stand up and and get a realistic, um, secure border, number one. And then uh, we've got to relook at our immigration policy. Yeah, i got to sneeze. Immigration's not bad. I mean, this country was built on immigrants. You know, my family came over from Germany. Um, in England. Uh, immigration is a good thing because it brings people to this melting pot, but you cannot have an avalanche at the southern border unchecked, undocumented, and just walking right in. So the Title 42 thing has been in place, right? Like, it has. So 
I mean, I guess it's good that they're not getting rid of it, but it hasn't really stopped the problem. And it was going to get a lot worse if they took Title Forty Two away. Yeah, but that's not solving the problem. It's not solving the problem. I agree with you, and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it's like we shouldn't pretend that this policy not being removed is like somehow fixing the problem. It's a band aid. We've we've had millions of people coming across. I mean, it's I've seen some estimates like four million plus people in the last two years alone. Uh, if not more. So yeah, that's a problem. And uh, I think it's time that we just flat out close the border. You know, we need less legal immigration too, until we can figure out what's going on. We need less people coming in here until we can actually control the situation. And I think we should implement my preferred um, immigration policy, which is close the border completely and deport anyone who doesn't return their shopping carts. Ah, well, there you go with the shopping carts thing again. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, more busloads of illegals were dropped off at the vice president's residence on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, Vice President Harris. I'm, uh, why isn't she in St. Croix with the president? I mean, he got the cooler gig there. Uh, Governor Abbott in Texas sent those busloads, um, and, and, of course, they're raking them over the coals in the mainstream media. But didn't she say the border was secure? Yeah, she said it multiple times, and, uh, you know— it's clearly not. I think she's been to the border like once, maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she flew over it. Yeah, she's flown. Yeah, they probably both had to fly over the border to get to St. Croix, or he did anyway. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're not doing anything about it. I think they want it because they know it's uh, future Democrat voters. But they just don't like it when it comes to their house. No, not at all. And that's when people like, you know, uh, Mayor Adams in New York, they start railing on it. It's like, well, we got to have a better system here. In D.C., we got to have a better system here. It's like, it's okay if yeah, you we, come across the border. We didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for yeah. this. We got no warning that yeah. all these people were coming to our front doors. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, no kidding. Abbott <laughs> didn't ask for it in Texas, I guarantee yeah. you. Like, what kind of stupid argument is that? I'm sorry, but... yeah. Were you playing a clip here? We're, oh, we're kind of loosey goosey here at the end of the year on the podcast. Yeah, no, I was just playing. Uh, I was just with no sound. I was just playing it in the background there. Yeah, Governor Abbott abandoned children on the side of the road in below freezing temperatures on Christmas Eve. This was cruel, dangerous, and a shameful stunt. Wow, wow, them's fighting words. Yeah, yeah. Send more. <laughs> that, I think that's what they're trying to say. Send more. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, these are things that we're talking about here at the end of the year that we're going to be talking about during this coming year. Because remember, we're only two years into this Biden presidency, and he might well run for re-election. He got yeah. more votes than any other president in the history of the country, so why wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. We All should. Right. Uh, this is not in the notes, but we should do predictions at the end, too, because we need to make predictions for the new year. I don't know if you have any or not. but I really don't. I mean, I just, I'm so dispirited right now, especially with Republicans jumping on board to put even more debt onto this country. It's like, why does it matter anymore? I mean, I'm wearing my red University of Southern Indiana Screaming Eagles hoodie today. Red is still my favorite color. Um, But, you know, you just, you get dispirited. I'm kind of hoping that when McCarthy takes over as speaker, and that's not a done deal, that Republicans in the House will, will stop letting them spend money. Just uh, stop the spend. Again, I mean, I think, I think uh, maybe you're being a little bit too optimistic about McCarthy. I don't, I don't think he's going to be that great. 
Certainly on spending. I mean, he's. I don't think he's. I'm not stop even convinced he's going to be the speaker. That's where I am on yeah. that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just we'll just have to see what happens here. Uh, I do know this that, and I don't know it firsthand because I was not in the military, did not serve. This is where I need Mark Zarda and Jim Dingman, both uh, Marines who served this country, to um, step up and and give us your thoughts on this because there are two Sikh. Am I saying that right? Sikh. Yes. That's a religion, right? Yes. Sikhs. Okay. A Sikh men, at least we think they're men, uh, will be allowed to keep their beards for basic training in the Marine Corps. Now, I always thought, and I did play sports, right? And when you play sports, you all get a uniform, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you're a chief, you're going to wear red, right? If you're a Bronco, you're going to wear this hideous orange-blue combination that they have. I mean, you get a uniform so that we know who the teams are. Mm-hmm. In the in the military, you get a uniform, and there's the uniform code of military justice because you want everybody on the same page. That's not the case with the Biden administration. They are, I mean, they are trying to do everything they can to make your military, which is the job of the military is to protect this country and in times of war go over and kill people and break things that is the role of the united states military but they're trying to say eh, you can kind of go your own way here so i mean what are we going to do when somebody comes in and says you know i don't really like the colors of the marine corps um i want to wear an orange coat instead right. of a blue coat you know yeah well i mean it, there is a little bit of nuance there i'm I, i'm not I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. Obviously, people should not be allowed to do that. Um, in this case, it's a, re- a religious exemption specifically because— Don't be a Marine then. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the answer. I don't have the answer. I don't know if they should not be allowed to do it or not. Um, I would be interested to hear uh, Dingman and Zarda's yeah. feedback on this Or anybody well. who served in the military. But, um, let us know what you think on this kind of stuff because, you know, my thought is, you know, when, when they break you down in basic training from mm-hmm. what I know, mm-hmm. okay, they break you down because they don't want you to be an individual. They want you to be part of the team. And it's not like athletics where, hey, we win a game, we lose a game or whatever. This costs lives mm-hmm. if you're not on the same page. Right. Yeah, very And true. if you start to bend that rule, then what's the next rule? Yeah, very true. And I mean, there's obviously lots of other problems with the military, too, in terms of their recruitment. But uh, yeah, way down. The the Sikh thing is interesting because they have like uh, not many other religions. I mean, maybe Muslims, you could say about this, that they have like physical uh, appearance or garb that is like part of their religious identity. Like Christians don't really have that um, for the most part. Jews sort of they have uh, the yarmulke and stuff like that. But uh, you know, Sikhs have the beard. They have the uh, the head wrap. They have a bracelet. Jews don't do anything on on Saturdays, right? Correct, because that's their uh, Sabbath. Their Sabbath, yeah. So okay, so are Jewish soldiers prohibited from fighting on a Saturday if we're in the middle right. of a war? Right. I would say not. Yeah, I would say not. Um, I want my military to kill people and break things when they need to do that. Yeah. There's another interesting thing, too, about uh, the Sikhs that not all of them do this, but the very traditional ones, they have like a ceremonial dagger. It's like this long that yeah. the men carry. And uh, in some circumstances, they're actually allowed to carry it like uh, in areas where weapons are prohibited, like federal buildings, banks, schools, things like that, because it's a religious uh, item. And so they're actually allowed to carry daggers like wherever they go. Which I think is kind of interesting too. Maybe I'll start identifying a Sikh and you know say that a nine millimeter is my yeah. my, my dagger. But my old um, friend Charlie yeah. Daniels used to say that uh, America is a great country for two reasons: by the grace of Almighty God, which I believe and I hope you believe as well, 
uh, and the strength of the United States military. And it just seems to me that the Biden administration, and maybe it started with the Obama administration, this is Obama 2.0, they're doing everything they can through their sense of equity and whatever else you want to call it, wokeism, um, they're, they're taking away what was great about the military and, you know, recruiting numbers are down. They, they did everything they could to um, bastardize being a cop, mm-hmm. right? And now recruiting numbers for cops are way down, too. They wanted to defund the cops. They've managed to do that, in a sense, because nobody wants to be a cop anymore. Why would you want to be a cop? Yeah, 100%. Why would you want to be in the military? You join the military for a reason that I think goes beyond why you would be on a football team or a baseball team. You go because of a sense of patriotism that you want to protect this country and, you know, uh, be the spear against our enemies and all that. And we've got people running it right now. It's like, oh, well, we just want to make sure that everybody's okay with each other. I mean, you know, the, the last great meritocracy on this planet is the United States military, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. And it might even be the United States Marine Corps because they seem to be, according to uh, people that we've talked to and people that I know uh, from the podcast and elsewhere who have been in the, in the Marines, you know, they seem to be kind of the last uh, vestige that hasn't gone completely woke, but they have gone woke in some areas, but uh, not as much maybe as the Army or the Navy. But yeah, it's interesting because there's kind of two sides to that. It's like, you have the police and the military being attacked, the police especially, you know, being attacked as racist and uh, all of these unfounded claims. And then on top of that, you have the actual mission. Like what people are going to join the military because they believe in the mission. They, like you said, they're patriotic about uh, defending America. But then it's like if you're if our enemy or the, the prospect of the mission is like we're going to send you to Ukraine. Uh, or we're going to send you to wherever, you know, that we don't really have an interest in, people are not going to want to join. People people don't want to do that, you know. And so that's going to turn down the numbers too, I think. Well, when we had a draft, people who didn't want to go to Vietnam, they ended up in Canada. It's like, well, I don't yeah. want to be in the military, so right. I'm going to go to a country where I can not serve. Right. We don't right. have a draft anymore. We may get to a point where we need a draft, especially if China, you know, decides, you know, they want to take us out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see. Why would they? I mean, we they hold all of our debt. Yeah, you know, r- right now we're. Was I talking to you about this the other day, or maybe it was somebody else that was saying, you know, China's going to invade, and I don't think that's going to happen because I don't see it. No, no they are going to test Joe Biden, and I think Taiwan is going to be the place that they're going to test yeah. Joe. Biden. I mean, they're they're having far too much success as it is with technology oh, yeah. and. Uh, medicine and everything else and, and the we're, economy that we're our, we're their best market. Yeah. They're having far too much success now to ruin it by trying like to come at us militarily. Plus we have nukes, which is a big uh, deterrent, but um, yeah, no, their strategy right now is working very, very well. So I think they're going to continue doing that. All right. Next topic. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is facing backlash for saying the Holocaust originally wasn't based on race. I mean, you know, just add it to the idiotic things that she has said for years. Do we have the clip on that? So this was, uh, she said it before on The View. And I thought we, she had. Yeah, so we played the clip on The View before. This second instance was not uh, televised. It was from a written interview. Okay. So I have like a video clip that talks about the written interview, but it's not actually her speaking, but you'll see what she said. Tonight, Whoopi Goldberg making controversial comments again, reiterating statements from earlier this year that the Holocaust wasn't about race. 
The Sunday Times of London quoted Goldberg as saying the Holocaust, quote, wasn't originally about race. Also saying, quote, they did that to black people too, but it doesn't change the fact that you could not tell a Jew on a street. You could find me. You couldn't find them. That was the point I was making. The Times said when the reporter reminded Goldberg that Nazis identified Jews as a race, she rebutted, the oppressor is telling you what you are. Why are you believing them? They're Nazis. The article already invoking backlash and deja vu from some critics on social media. Yeah, so there you go on that. And then there was another clip uh, that I can play to, which is a response by uh, the leader of the ADL. We'll see what he has to say, and then we can respond to that. That is not right. Oh, no, it is right. Apologized. But it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. The View had the Anti-Defamation League on the show to explain the history of persecution the Jewish people have faced. But the Anti-Defamation League did not call for Goldberg to be canceled. I don't believe in cancel culture. <laughs> I like the phrase that, that my friend Nick Cannon uses. We need council culture. You know, in the Jewish faith, Don, we have a concept called shuva. And shuva means redemption. It means all of us have the power to admit when we do wrong and to commit to doing better. But ABC still says... Mm. I have many thoughts on that. Well, I'm not a big fan of cancel culture anyway. Um, and really, she gives us a lot of show prep. It gives me a lot of show prep on KFKF, too, when the, the idiots gather around the table. I'm not sure why anybody watches that, but they do. Right. But she checks a lot of boxes, so she's going to be fine in the long run. Mm -hmm. She's female, she's liberal, she's black. What other boxes does she check? Well, she claims to be Jewish. I mean, that's why. She's not Jewish. I know, but she changed her name to Goldberg. You know, her real name is not Goldberg. No, it's she, Karen something or other. He, Very pedestrian. Yeah. Karen yeah. Jones, and Karen she, Smith. She claims that, you know, her ancestors were Jewish or something like that, which is probably BS, and that's why she changed her name to Goldberg. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting, too. But, uh, man, that ADL guy is just a snake. I can't stand that guy. I'm sorry. He bothers me greatly. Okay, well, we'll get you some counseling for that. We'll even oh, I don't need take it out of the budget but, here. I mean, he, him saying him <laughs> saying that he doesn't believe in cancel culture is just a lie. I mean, he's that guy specifically, the, and the ADL has been arguing for everyone to be canceled that you know even remotely touches the issue of of the Jewish people in any way that they find distasteful. And then he said, "My friend Nick Cannon." Uh, you know, said we need council culture, not cancel culture. Nick Cannon, this is the guy that says that the Jews are not the real Jews, that black people are the real Jews. And that that famous clip that went around that we probably played uh, a year ago or so that, you know, white people are less melanated and they're closer to animals and they're savage and all this stuff. That's his friend, Nick Cannon. How about the fact that, you know, we all came out of the Fertile Crescent and we're all from basically the same. I mean, we, we've gone to different parts of this planet, but we all emanate from the same area, right? Yeah. Quite frankly, we're all Africans at some level. Yeah. Because that's where that that's where humanity started, right? Yeah. I mean, certainly um, we are all human. You know, we have more in common than we have different. That's all very true. I mean, there are different groups of people and you can see patterns in different groups of people. I mean, men and women is the most obvious example, but we are all human and we are, you know, one uh, race of, of creatures. So yeah, absolutely. So a lot of this stuff is just silly and you people should stop it. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, do you want to do your predictions here before we get to the old kicker? Um, yeah. I mean, so predictions for, what would you like to predict? 2023. I think towards the end of 2022 here, what we've been seeing is 
a lot coming out about how much we've been lied to the past three years, um, whether it be on COVID or on government misinformation or the election or uh, tech censorship and all these other things. So I think the big question for 2023 is how much are people going to care? How much are people going to pay attention to the information that's being given to them that they shouldn't be trusting these institutions? And uh, I think best case scenario, we start to see some of these institutions actually become weakened, uh, like the FBI, uh, like big tech, like our public health establishment, uh, the government, broadly speaking, people start to lose trust in those institutions. And maybe we start seeing some changes. But worst case scenario, people just don't pay attention and they just move on to the next thing. And then the next, um, you know, whatever crisis, whether it be real or fabricated, comes around and people fall right back in the line. So that's the big question, I think, for me in 2023. Well, I'm going to continue to fight the good fight and, and say what I believe on this podcast, because that's why we started this podcast, was to say what we believe uh, and tell the truth and all that. Uh, but I don't have a lot of hope that a lot of people are going to care and, you know, um, try and do things that are going to make a change. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's the same old, same old. Me neither. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't take a lot of people. It just takes the right people. It just takes the the uh, the people with enough power and influence to do something about it. I mean, every major movement in history was not supported by the majority, um, whether it be the Roman Empire to the American Revolution. You know, uh, there's been studies and and. Uh, historical research done that shows that less than one third of the American people supported the revolution leading up to 1776. And um, that's been the case for, like I said, the the vast majority of giant historical movements. So, um, and even like COVID, you know, I don't think the majority of people supported, um, you know, locking down and vaccine mandates and wearing masks all the time. But the majority of people just kind of go along with whatever the narrative is and go with along with what they're with the flow and what they're told. So we need to redirect the flow into a more positive direction. And that's not going to take necessarily a majority, but it's going to take the right people in the right positions of power uh, that are charismatic and, and willing to wield that power towards a positive good end to well, it's influence. It's going to be an interesting year because it's the year between the midterm and the next presidential race. I think you're going to see more people get in. Um, to the race on both sides, which is interesting because you've got an incumbent president, and that used to be like verboten, you know, to use a German term. Um, you weren't allowed to do that, but but I think there are enough people who sense that there's blood in the water with this president that they they may jump in. You know, yeah. Well, there was a uh, little rumblings on Twitter and elsewhere yesterday about Mike Pence uh, jumping into the Republican primary. Right. It hasn't been confirmed, and his team. There was well, a story that came out that said he had made FEC filings, right. and then somebody else came out and said that wasn't true, but right. we'll see. We will see, and it'll be interesting to see what the Donald Trump effect is going to be in 2023, because he is the biggest uh, elephant in the room, if I can say that, about a Republican. Um, <laughs> he, he clearly is, and we're going to see what, what happens moving forward. And uh, you know, you know where I am on the whole Donald Trump thing, and I just kind of wonder what would happen if he went away from the political scene, if he were not a factor on the national stage, what would the Democrats talk about? 
They've got nothing else. I mean, they would just move on to the next person. They would move on to DeSantis. They'd start calling him a racist and a, you know. You've said that before, and and, and they're going to say that about whomever. But they have... They they have scores of things to talk about with Donald Trump that they don't have with Ron DeSantis, and they can't even create the kinds of things they have uh, that they're talking about with Donald Trump. It just it's not possible. There will be a Republican who will face off against a Democrat, and I just my prediction. I mean, it's early, but it won't be Donald Trump. And I've said that before, and I believe it. I'm gonna stick to it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I obviously disagree with your assessment uh, previously about all of that, but. We've rehashed that many times, and we don't have to do it again Opinions are like assholes, Kurt. (laughs) Everybody's got one. Yeah, hopefully just one. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. I mean, maybe you found another um, biological thing. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, One thing is for certain, if you need insurance, you can go to our guy, Bob Watson, Blue Springs local State Farm agent for five decades. Seventh and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance, and when we get to spring, even boats. Uh, He's licensed in both Missouri and Kansas, has a great team on his side, surprisingly great rates at State Farm. You know, it's... You don't have to go with that company with the 800 number that's got a mascot that you'll never talk to the same person twice. Think about that. If you've got a claim and you call the 800 number, you will never talk to the same person twice. If you're with State Farm, you've got a team with a local agent like Bob Watson who's ready when the you-know-what hits the fan. And it does in our lives. How many times this year, Kurt, has the you-know-what hit the fan for you? Um, Enough. Enough, Enough for one year. <laughs> exactly. That's why you need a guy on your side like Bob Watson, our friendly State Farm agent and sponsor of Dale Carter's America. Let's leave you with this as we uh, go out for the year 2022. New York Congressman-elect George Santos, he's in trouble for padding his resume, now admits that he never worked for Goldman Sachs or Citigroup, admits uh, never going to college, even though he claimed he graduated from Baruch. Baruch, is it? College? I've never heard of this college. It's not like the University of Southern Indiana Screaming Eagles, where I graduated in uh, (laughs) 1988. And I've got a degree and I can prove it. Um, Meanwhile, the book of uh, Biden lies and embellishments continues to add chapters, while the folks on the left want this guy thrown out of Congress. They want a new election run so that his opponent can now face him with all the lies exposed. I mean, seriously, Kurt, how many embellishments and flat out lies are in Joe Biden's life? Too many, too many. Flat out lies. But you can even go back to when, you know, he was like um, plagiarizing other speeches and they called him out on that. Yeah, I mean, that's all true. I I saw a great tweet um, that said, you know, somebody, anybody who lies about their past should be removed from Congress and therefore Elizabeth Warren needs to resign immediately. And well, there's a lot was, of liars in Congress, and she's one of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, she said she claimed she was a Native American, and she used that to her advantage to get things that she did not deserve. Yeah, my wife at one percent Native American is by a factor of what a hundred? Yeah, more so uh, a Native American yeah. <laughs> than is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and and all of that is true, and it's it's fine to point out and it's funny and everything else. But, you know, I, I think we should try to avoid just pure whataboutism for whataboutism's sake. Um, there is a place for whataboutism if somebody's doing something worse than what somebody is perceiving you to be doing. But in this case, you know, the guy lied about his past uh, very obviously. And he, 
I don't think can be trusted. It's, you know, it's a pretty big deal. If, if you're running for office and you lie about where you went to college, you lie about your background. I mean, how are we supposed to believe you on anything? How are we supposed to believe that you're even a Republican or what you're going to do in office? You know, it's, it's, it's a very severe, um, breach of trust of the public and, and to do something like that. So well, I think it's true, you know, we need to look into the background of all these other people and it's fine to point that out, but I think people are deflecting, uh, just for the sake of deflecting. And then they're going and defending this guy. Well, I'm not defending think, him at all. No, I'm not saying that you are. I'm not <laughs> saying that you are, but some people are like even people that I really like, uh, like Marjorie Taylor green, for example, has come out and defended this guy. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, no. he, he should face the consequences, whatever those consequences are, whether he gets impeached or, uh, investigated or whatever. I don't really know. That's up to Congress. I suppose that's up to his peers. And I hope that it would be uh, a Republican process. Don't let the Democrats get involved. They're going to muddy the water. They're going to poison the well. Um, let's handle this within the Republican party and do what needs to be done, but something has to be done. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to find out where he would have been on the $1.7 trillion package. And right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A lie is a lie is a lie. I just think with uh, hypocrisy and I thought you were going out, somewhere else with that. <laughs> where, where do you think I was going with that? Well, he, um, yeah, he he's uh he he's of a certain persuasion. Let's just say that I thought maybe you were making a joke, but never mind. I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> I just want to find out whether he would have voted for the one point seven trillion dollar package or not. Uh, meanwhile, we'll let Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans deal with that uh, because he's part of the new Congress, right? He just got elected out of right. New York, uh, so it's going to be it's going to be up to the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, or whoever they vote in, and we'll see where it goes from there. Meanwhile, as we say, the book of Biden lies and embellishments continues to add chapters. Just ask a guy named Corn Pop. <laughs> and I'll leave you with that. We'll leave you for the year until next year, which is next week. This is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America. Dale Carter's America.